everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Twist, Turns, and One-Liners. I'm your host, Colton, and today I'll be bringing you another solo episode. Um, today we are going to be talking about The Lost Boys from 1987, good old vampire movie. Um, I kind of, I wanted to pick this one this week, uh, for a few reasons. Um, first off, uh, it's October, so, um, Bernie gave me the idea to kind of lean into the Halloween stuff or kind of the spooky season, so started off a little light with this one. Um, not entirely sure where I'll go from here, but there are a couple other ideas I had kind of leading into this one. Um just kind of browsing through what was available on streaming um ultimately i landed on this one for um kind of a reason outside of my anticipation on seeing it um first of all i want to make sure i pick something i hadn't seen i feel like the last few solo ones or last few kind of off week ones um i've been doing we've been doing movies that i've seen already so i wanted to mix it up and use one that i hadn't seen um also um when I'm kind of shopping around for movies, I see this one pop up a lot. Um, the 4K remaster for this one pop up a lot. And I just couldn't quite get myself to pull the trigger on it, having not, having not seen it. So I think it's on is on Max. So I decided to just use it for this week. Um, kind of use it as a multi-purpose, uh, multi-purpose watch. But um, overall, I'm... Uh, I gotta say, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, it's kind of funny. I was trying to... I was thinking about it a little bit at the start and a little bit at the end. I'm like, man, like, I was going two directions. I'm like, well, I wonder if I could remember what the first vampire movie was that I remember watching. And then I was trying to think of any vampire movies that I've seen. And for some reason, I like, none were coming to mind immediately. But um, the list is actually a little bit longer than I thought. Um, one of my favorite horror movies is, uh, is a vampire movie. But uh, we can get into that a little bit later. Um, Lost Boys. I think this is one I've heard. I remember hearing a lot about, or like it would come up in conversations on like lists of like popular things, or like you know you get those what culture and uh, videos where they like give you little tidbits of like times you didn't know this was that or whatever. And like I think a couple things have popped up from this one, but um, I gotta say it's it's pretty. I don't know. I don't want to say cookie cutter because that's not the case. It's pretty typical, right? Like, obviously, most vampire movies follow some specific tropes, which is, I mean, it's it's what makes them like vampire movies, right? Um, but when in terms of movies where it's, you know, it's about the kids and it's about and usually. It's kids with a single mom, right? It's kind of the what it always ends up being, where it's kids, single mom, um, mom ends up like you know falling for said vampire or a vampire or whatever, or something gets in the mix like that, right? And we 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 hit that with this movie as well. Um, but uh, I think the the ones that I've seen that come to mind are the Fright Night, um remake i haven't seen the original um that's kind of on the on the to watch list but um also i remember so fright night for sure is kind of that same vibe is that same idea right um 
And then um, this one's kind of more of a more of a goofy movie that I just remember seeing as a kid on Disney Channel. They had Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire, right? That really just like <laughs> right on the right on the nose with that one. But it's kind of interesting in this movie, right? Because they the the kids are like, oh, it's got to be him, right? It's like they put all these like pieces together. They try to call him out on it, and then it ends up you know backfiring. And then I think, to me, it it I, and I think that was the point, right? I think that was all the point of that was also to get the audience off of him, right? It's one of those, oh yeah, it's totally him. Oh, is it him? I, I, maybe it's not him. And then he come back is like, oh okay, yeah, it was him all along, sort of uh, deal. It's not. It wasn't. Uh, I don't know. I think it was. It was good. I think it played. It played well, but. The the main thing, you know, they they really feed into the like it's totally this guy before they you know fail their little tests, but at the same time, it kind of it later hammers away the like how naive the kids are, like in thinking that the, you know they know ever they know all everything there is to know, so like there's no way they could be wrong about uh, about their test air quotes, but. You know, they leave all the little breadcrumbs where, you know, the guy comes over, he asks, um, I think he asks Michael, he's like, oh, aren't you going to invite me in? He's like, you're the man of the house, aren't you going to invite me in? And he, you know, he says, whatever, just, and you're, you want to come in or whatever. He ends up coming in and then apparently that's like an imperpetuity thing, or I don't exactly know. I don't remember. I think they, they made a mention about it or, or later in the movie where like, I didn't invite you in this time. And then I think he said something along the lines of it doesn't matter at this point but um like just little tidbits like that obviously when um when uh uh i forget the character's name but uh Kiefer sutherland um his character david duh how could i forget david when david and the in the gang are in the in the uh electronic store or whatever um or video store uh and they kind of have that little eye, like eye contact moment with, with um. Oh my gosh, I'm terrible with character names all of a sudden. Um, is it is it Max? Pretty sure it's Max. And like, yeah, it's Max. Duh. Okay. They have that little moment where they make eye contact in the video store, right? And then he's like, I. He may say, "I thought I told you guys not to come in here anymore," or something like that. But it's clear that they know they know what's up, right? That there's like. There's some bit of a, you know, rapport there, and I don't think it's one of those things where I don't think they build relationships up with anybody else, you know, around there that they don't end up turning, right? Because the same thing kind of happened with the security guard towards the beginning of the movie. He goes, I thought I told you guys not to come down to the boardwalk anymore or something. I thought we had an arrangement or whatever. And they just end up murking the guy, right? They end up killing him. So I think that that was probably the first, that's probably like the first giveaway, right? Is that they have this like, like, yeah, yeah, I see you. Yeah, yeah. Like kind of that. I mean, it ends up being kind of like that parent parental relationship or vibe, at least the rebellious, you know, kids. And I mean, he makes the comment twice and it comes back at the end with the the whole uh, kid should have a mother or whatever. And that was kind of his purpose, right? In trying to chase after uh, Lucy. And, uh. Basically, it's it's one of those things where it's it's 
it follows its kind of it follows its beats well and it makes a lot of sense and i i think for that i enjoyed it, it it's nothing nothing too crazy nothing too like spinny or anything but i think it's to me it's one of the more i don't know if grounded's the right word um maybe not so dramatic like a lot of like i shouldn't say a lot shouldn't say it like that a number of vampire movies I have seen are like very, you know, som- more somber and serious and intense. Um, the first one that comes to mind is uh, uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, uh, Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula movie. Um, like that one's pretty serious throughout. And I actually had only I'd seen that for the first time somewhat recently, say maybe a couple months ago. I had I had watched it for the first time. But, you know, that one's pretty intense all the way through. Whereas this one, for better or for worse, is a little bit more goofy at times. Um, I think I think the beginning set this kind of tone that I think kind of got flipped. It's It was kind of weird. It was kind of like a little bit of a wave, right? Like it started off a little bit more serious. But obviously sprinkles of goofiness, especially with the grandpa. Like, that was kind of, every time they try to get something out of their grandpa, right, he'd just kind of be kind of like the loony, loony dude, never give him a straight answer, just be like, oh, I'm kind of quirky and I do these weird things. But I think they leaned a little too heavily into that, especially at the end. But um, the other thing, just side note here, that was kind of weird, Edgar, uh, Corey Feldman's character, like, I don't know if, like, I don't know if he was putting on a voice or, like, if that's what he started to sound like at, like, that age going into this movie. But, like, it sounded like he was trying to put on, like, a rough and tumble fa- or face uh, voice. And it was kind of off-putting. Obviously, you get used to it, but it was kind of strange. But that's, you know, just sidebar. But um, I think as far as, as far as, like, I don't know. As far as like the actual crew go and like how they what they do and how we see them, it's it's less about them. Like for sure we get the we get to see how they work when it comes to them, you know, air quotes recruiting Michael. Wouldn't even be really recruiting, it's more like pressuring, right? He goes, "Oh, it's basically the you're only going you're only cool and can only hang with us if you do this stuff." And they basically trick him, right? Into drinking the blood, turning into a vampire. And it's it's makes sense to get some of that or at least get to see how we see how that work. And then we get to see how Michael deals with it and the, you know, the, the slow transition. Um, obviously the, it comes to a point where kind of, they expect the full transition to happen as a, they David and the other and the, in the group when they take him to that bonfire, right. As kind of his like last, stage of the initiation and obviously he doesn't partake but it's i think it's just it's just the right amount but at the same time it kind of leaves you wanting a little bit more and i can get into this at uh, like towards the end of this uh to kind of tie in our our um spin-off kill-off um like little uh segments that we've been doing but, uh, yeah, I think 
I think it's one of those things where to me it was it was really great up until well I don't I don't want to make it seem like it fell off too sharp for me but it was really entertaining um kind of getting to see my favorite part of this was getting to see Michael kind of dealing with it obviously he became a little like real moody and short with like his family and stuff and that was kind of you know I don't know if that was whatever but like more seeing him kind of go through these other like stages right it it didn't it didn't sit and milk it out it didn't w- waste a lot of time like and it and it hopped along really smoothly i don't know i, I just to me this one felt like i said it, <clears throat> excuse me uh, like i said it didn't take itself too seriously um and it just I don't know. It played played well to the like the uh, into the relationship of the brothers, right? Like Sam being this kind of dorky kid hanging out with a bunch, a couple other dorks, right? And they kind of kind of they're the comedic relief, I would say, or like the lighthearted relief. Like without them, the rest of it would be be that probably take too seriously type stuff. But at the same time, like they're they're there. So we don't take them seriously. I mean, we we do know that obviously they're right about the whole vampire thing, right? But you don't take them seriously as the type to actually be able to do anything about it. But obviously they do uh, eventually. And I don't know. It's I, I can't quite put my finger on exactly what I'm thinking about when it comes to the younger kids in this and their role with everything. It does feel... Well, I think it, it, it definitely shows it, too. They're obviously guessing. They're guessing based on what they know from comic books and stories and stuff, right? And it's a lot of them just kind of getting lucky and those things being true. But at the same time, I wonder, I wonder how the kids know, or at least the two, uh, the two uh, uh, Edgar and Alan. Like, I kind of wonder how if they know or if it's a hunch just based on people like going missing or like getting killed um or if they know kind of like we end up finding out that the grandpa knows um which that whole i would say if there's any bit of this movie that dragged any of it down i can get past any little of the little things i've mentioned but the main thing is that kind of the ending you know they're in the middle of this like struggle with Max, you know, the big bad reveals himself and they're, you know, he's like, once he's out, everybody's, everybody's good to go. Right. And to have him get killed off by the grandpa plowing through his house, his own house. And then just, you know, that chunk of wood flying through him or into him or whatever. Um, and then as if it was intentional, I don't know. I guess I don't. That's the weird thing, right? Is like, how would he know to intentionally just plow through his own house? And if it wasn't was on accident, like it that also doesn't quite play out, right? I don't know. It felt like uh, we don't really know how to wrap this up, so let's just have the grandpa come in and plow through, and then oh, guess what? Hey, grandpa knows about vampires. I think if if that line wasn't in the movie, it would. <laughs> It would play out a little bit better that it was an accident, but since he does say it, I mean, it obviously makes it seem like it's you know, makes it seem like it's uh, 
legit or intentional i should say that yeah the the thing the last line the last line he says and it's the first one listed on imdb it's kind of funny um one thing about living in santa uh, carla is is it carla it's clara isn't it typo i thought i was saying a clara pretty sure it is uh I, i never could stomach all the damn vampires so if he knew the whole time like, he was so, he just didn't give a shit about anything that was going on, right? The only time he would make a comment was to, about some stupid rule that he had in the house, right? Um, like, the drawer, don't go in the taxidermy room, those things make sense. Or, um, but then, like, what I tell you about, or uh, don't you know the rule about when you come home with a car without asking? He goes, you just gotta put, like, gotta fill it up with gas or whatever. Like, it just kind of, I mean, it's clear that he doesn't care, he's like... that's the thing right he's the eccentric kind of like loony grandpa but like he obviously in that moment when he's giving him the crap about about the car is when they're bringing the you know the other vampires into the house to help lock it down and you know get ready to fight back if he were i mean that's if if there was something i would change specifically about this one it would be that I think you uh, approach the grandpa a little bit differently. Like, I think having him as as the weird kind of eccentric loony grandpa at the beginning, but eventually have him, like, actually, you know, providing um, legitimate assistance to me would have played better. Obviously, there's no changing this, but, I mean, I I think that would have worked. I think that would have played better. Again, you never know. And at the same time, it's not big enough of a drag down to really need to worry about it. I mean, worry about it's probably not the right way to put that, but I think you get what I'm saying. Um, as far as other vampire movies go, though, it's I think it stands on its own. I think it stands on its own as a, in its own little category that makes it interesting. Um, because it's it's one of those. So one of those things where obviously the characters are, you know, are teens or at least, you know, they're school age kids. I mean, maybe the older brother, I don't know how old he's supposed to be, but I think it plays, it plays with the younger characters, but fits for, you know, the older audience obviously has to, it's our, I mean, it, it should, it's rated R. I think that's what it, the point is, right? But I mean, a lot of times the the kid characters in in movies, not just horror movies, but movies in general, are you know annoying. I guess <laughs> I didn't really get that vibe from this one. Uh, like, I mean, a little bit was like that's the that's kind of the point though with Sam. Like, he's kind of the annoying kid brother. But I mean, even he he comes around. But I don't know. It's I think. Just thinking about the other vampire movies I've seen again, we'll go we'll go back to that. Um, I think this is right in the middle, right in the middle of the the more serious ones and the comedic ones, right? Somewhere right in the middle, eh, favoring more towards the serious because it is it's goofy and a little funny, but it's not overly, you know, it's not trying to be super funny. Um, in my, just to give you an idea of what I have in mind, I, I mentioned the Disney Channel movie, I was going to date with a vampire. That's probably the oldest one I remember seeing front to back. Um, but 
I also remember my sister watching uh, Once Bitten, another comedy. That's the Jim Carrey one from the 80s. I remember that kind of bits and pieces of that. Um, I'll try to let's try to keep it in uh, chronological order. Yeah. Um, Interview with Vampire. I I think I remember seeing bits and pieces. That's another one that I mean I mean to watch front to back. Um, there I'll leave out the ones I haven't seen. I want to revisit those. But Underworld, I remember watching those. But those are obviously action movies, right? They're not exactly. Uh, action thriller, I guess. They aren't like horror movies. Not that this was a horror movie either, but um, Blade, I, I going backwards a little bit. I didn't watch these all the way through, but I do remember seeing them on TV from time to time. And obviously when you see them on TV, they're not in their you know full form, especially being an R-rated movie, right? Um, but I think my favorite vampire movie would be 30 Days of Night. Um, I think... It's not even a think. I know that's probably that's my favorite vampire movie for sure. It's spooky, suspenseful. It's got that like, it's qu- it's quiet, right? Um, I guess until the end. But um, I miss Bram Stoker's Dracula in there. That was from the '90s as well. But I had only seen that recently. But I think um, the ones that I still want to watch, and uh, these were ones that I was considering watching for this episode as well. Uh, from Dusk Till Dawn, uh, that's one that I really have really been meaning to watch and just haven't gotten around to it. Um, Robert Rodriguez, he's got a few movies um, that I, uh, I've i been a fan of. Obviously, Quentin Tarantino's in it. I'm a, a fan of his movies. Um, but, you know, it's... It's one of those things where I don't know why I'm putting it off. I'll just, all I have to do is go watch it, right? So maybe I will, and I'll, I won't do an episode on it, but I'll report back maybe in the next uh, solo episode, kind of my brief little thoughts on that. But um, browsing uh, Max, I also saw uh, saw Buffy the Vampire Slayers on there as well. Um, that's one that I wouldn't mind watching. Um, but uh, if you have any uh, vampire movie kind of suggestions or, I guess, um, just general thoughts on them. I would love uh, love to hear um, from our our listeners on what their thoughts are. Uh, you'll you might notice that I haven't uh, mentioned Twilight. Um, it's not because I like avoiding them or anything. It's just you know people you know people born in the nineties and later like they know they know about Twilight. Everybody knows about Twilight. I think, in my opinion, if I were to legitimately talk about any of them i would say the first one's probably the one of the better uh probably the better best one it's the one i've seen the most for sure but i think after that stuff kind of starts to you know amp up pretty quick and but anyway um i did mention fright night earlier i really enjoyed that one as well the remake not the original so i'd have to watch the original maybe um that's another one but um but yeah, I'm glad uh I'm glad I ended up picking the Lost Boys. And I uh to kind of go into one of our segments, um the spinoff or kill off. I think a spinoff for this, if maybe not even a spinoff, but maybe make the movie another half hour longer. And let's get the let's get the origin of David, right? Like I don't know if if it was one of those things where I mean, it's not super relevant, right? I think the idea is all these guys are kind of 
you know, well, I mean, obviously the Lost Boys, right? So I think the idea is that they're all just kind of people who didn't really, maybe didn't know who they were, or maybe they, I don't know, maybe just didn't have a place in the world, right? Or however it ends up working out, however it would have ended up starting. I think uh, getting that kind of background on these guys would be, would have been interesting. I don't know if, I wouldn't be necessarily interested in it being something newly made, but um, had they done it then, I think I would have, that would have been what I, what I would have wanted to have seen. I wonder if they, I'd have to look, I wonder if they did do any kind of um, sequel or anything, but it doesn't look. Oh, the, yeah, I don't know. Oh, it looks like they had some like shitty, like straight to DVD shit. Yeah, looks like they did. But uh, I am going to say that I will not be seeking those out. But um, at any rate, uh, yeah, um, I think I've mentioned in previous solo episodes. Um, these probably won't be. These probably aren't going to be as long. Um, less tangents to go off of when you're not bouncing ideas off someone. But um, either way. Uh, if you guys have any suggestions for future solo episodes or future, I guess, episodes at all, um, now would be a good time for me to plug our um, contact. So uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Twist Turns and One Liners, um, at Twitter at TTOL Pod. We're on YouTube at Twist Turns and One Liners. I'm uh, the scheduling for the YouTube is a little bit off. Um, I'm not able to auto schedule those. So sometimes those may get a couple days behind. Um, but uh, our audio uh, does end up on there eventually. I do still hope to get some video uh, content up there, but it's been a pretty busy summer. Um, you can also email us at twistturnsoneliners at gmail.com. Again, any kind of feedback on the episodes, um, any kind of su- any suggestions for movies um, or um, anything of the sort. Also, if you would uh, rate us on whatever podcasting platform you're using, I think that would go a long way as well. Um, something I'm realizing now, um, I forgot to bring up um, as I'm kind of going through my notes here. Uh, I see... I wasn't super. I wasn't familiar with him by name, but uh, Joel Schumacher, the director, um, I've seen uh, uh, some of his other movies, uh, as I'm sure many people, many of you have. Uh, Phantom of the Opera, Batman and Robin, Phone Booth. Uh, Phone Booth is the one that I kind of wanted to uh, just mention or kind of shout out. That's probably one of my favorite Colin Farrell movies, uh, which is kind of he was in. Uh, He's in Fright Night, I guess we brought that one up. Uh, brought that one up in this episode, but it's probably one of my favorite like thriller movies from that kind of time frame, right? From the early two thousands. But um, anyway, um, I think I'll call it um, call it an episode there. Uh, thanks everybody for listening, and we will see you next time. <laughs>